Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, I recently come across this thing called the Hero's Journey, and it's normally used in books and TV shows and movies. I was wondering, since you deconstruct that stuff for your sessions, have you used that before? Is it accidental? Yeah, sure. So I will say that it, it does creep up in my games from time to time not in a strict way because it's a little harder to take um you know four people around a table and run them through the hero's journey but Mm -hmm. it's possible Um, but because i do actually use a lot of inspiration from books tvs and uh and movies that you definitely would see it Um, so i guess the first thing is what in the world is the hero's journey right so the hero's journey was um created by a guy named joseph campbell I actually ran across him in my high school days because of a, a philosophy of religion course I had to take. Uh-huh. And one of his books, um, I think it's called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. I didn't read that one. I read a different one. But what he did is he actually was very knowledgeable on all of the ancient mythologies, the you know the normal ones that we get taught in school, like the, the Greek and Romans. Greek, Roman, Asian. But he did the Asian ones. South American. Oh, yeah. So he, everywhere. Yeah, he, he compiled all these myths and he just started reading them and he noticed that there was like a i would say an archetypal story that's told with them and that there are certain steps and not every story uses all the steps but if you cover a good chunk of them right you're still following the journey yeah yeah so what he kind of said is he's like you know 80 percent of the hero stories follow this like almost 80 percent of the time or something weird i don't know what it was anyway point is he starts to tell a story of a hero. So we were talking about, in the last podcast, the play-act scene, and we used Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to keep using Lord of the Rings, although we might throw a Star Wars reference or two in here, too. We'll find or out. Harry Potter or something. Yeah, who knows? All the, of them follow this. They all follow it. So the first thing you have to know is that we have the the very start is this the normal world, the status quo, right? Yeah. And so Which for... Yeah. Frodo, just knowing the Shire, that's all he grows up in. It's this kind of paradise where you get second lunch yeah like 17 (laughs) meals and you don't show it but anyway yeah and then um if you're looking at star wars you have luke who's on his i mean it's not really paradise in that case you have he's on this desert planet but it's a known world he's he's content with his life is kind of the thing he's a nerf herder whatever i mean whatever that means anyway the point is he's he's doing what he's doing he's doing life and then there's this thing that's called the call to adventure and in both of these stories, kind of the call to adventure and the meeting, the mentor step are kind of combined. Kind of the same. Yeah. So what happens with the call to adventure, obviously, is Gandalf shows up and tells Frodo, hey, this ring that your it's uncle... the most dangerous thing. Yeah. yeah. And your uncle's just been using it as a party trick this whole entire time. <laughs> right. of, yeah. Oh, hey, I'm now invisible. And now I'm here. Yeah, it's problematic. But regardless, <laughs> that's what it is. And then the other thing is, like, with Luke... You know, um, he finds that weird droid. That's the call to adventure. He's got to find this person named Obi-Wan. He doesn't know who that is. He thinks, well, maybe Uncle Ben knows who it is. Oh, surprise. Uncle Ben is Obi-Wan. Yep. And there's this weird thing called Jedis and blah, blah, blah. You know the story from there. Okay. So the next step is this thing called crossing the threshold. And this is the spot where the hero has to leave the world of what they know. And cross into the unknown or the secret world. Yes. And so for um, Frodo, it's really, really well depicted in the scene where 
Um, Sam and Frodo stop in the field, and Sam says, Mr. Frodo, if I take one more step, I'm as far away as I've ever been from home. Mm-hmm. So he has this dramatic moment, like, if I take the next step... I'm going I'm, further than I've ever gone. I'm going into the unknown, mm-hmm. right? Even though it looks like a cornfield. But for him, it's this insurmountable thing. And it's not insurmountable. He does it, but it's this call-out. And yeah. So it's a really good call-out there of seeing the crossing into the unknown. Now, of yeah. course... Um, Luke does it because his family is killed and his house is on fire. Yes. So he has no choice. And then he has to flee. And then the crossing the threshold from there is his first trip into space. Exactly. He's leaving his planet even. Mm -hmm. So not only is he leaving the quote unquote unfamiliar world, he's literally leaving the entire planet. planet. Yeah. So cool. The next step is these trials and failures and you have a helper there. And so again, um, Luke's probably an easy one to talk about. In Luke and Chewbacca. Chewbacca, Han Solo, and the training that takes place on the ship. Yes. And that's all kind of in these. And then the trials and failures, they go and they rescue Princess Leia, and there's issues there. Obi-Wan passes away, which is a failure. Right, there's all these things that happen. And most of the movie is this concept of trials and failures so that you can grow and get these new skills. Yep. For uh, For Lord of the Rings, you have... Pippin and Mary being the helpers, sort and then of. eventually and you Aragorn. get to Aragorn. Yes, you have them getting hounded by the ring wraiths throughout the movie. Right, and then one of the failures is later on Frodo gets stabbed by one of the ring wraiths, and they have to go get him. Right, and that's just attention. and and that's just in the first act because then you have if you keep going, the trials and failures literally last a good chunk of the entire movie you, or book. You, you you really don't get into a break until you get to. Aragorn, sorry, well, Elrond. No, 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 no. In this case, literally in the Lord of the Rings, the Trials and Farriers take you all the way up to uh, Frodo not cho- Frodo choosing not to throw the ring in the... Yeah. Literally, it's all of that. Yeah. 90% of every one of these stories is spent in the trial and failure and growing new skills, okay? Mm-hmm. Because what comes... And the same thing in Star Wars... They go and they get the princess. They go and they regroup. They, but yep. the real, the it, even even the um, the real thing is, it's when Luke has to go fight Darth Vader for the first time is kind of the big deal there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you're going over the trilogy, it's him fighting Darth Vader for the last time. Yes, and fighting the Emperor is really the actual piece here. So, all of this thing, most of your story is going to take place in this trials and failures and growing new skills, which makes sense because. What is D&D or any of these other things where I you, you complete a certain thing, I give you experience points, you take those experience points, you add them in to get new skills. Mm-hmm. You get better at those new skills. You're learning how your player character would react in certain situations. And we just keep going with it. So in a lot of ways, D&D is almost set up to do this by its, by its own, right? Well, the, the, la- the, the next step is this thing called death and rebirth. And it's where you fight the what used to be called like the the bbg the big bad guy now let's just be gender inclusive it's the big bad person mm-hmm. monster genderless thing it's guy something gal, that whatever. you either physically die and come back from or a portion of you dies and then you regrow it's, it right and so what happens is in this death and rebirth um it's you actually failing yes believe it or not so in lord of the rings for instance it's where Frodo dies, and Sam has to take the ring. Mm-hmm. And then Sam realizes Frodo didn't die. 
Yes. He got captured, but he didn't die, so he goes back to save him. Yes. So that's a death and a rebirth. In Harry Potter, when uh, Voldemort hits Harry Potter with that spell, and then he goes into that dream state where he oh, sees... The, in the last movie. In the last or movie. Book, that would be a death and rebirth, because Harry Potter physically does die, and yep. then he comes back. Because he has a resurrection stone. Yeah, yes. he dies. And Okay, cool. So this is that's kind of the concept. Um, yeah. With uh, with death and rebirth for Luke, you could argue it in a couple spots, but one spot I would argue it with is when he goes into the cave with Yoda, and, and then he, he fights, kills... and then then he kills uh, Darth yeah, Vader. Darth Vader, and then you see that it's actually Luke. So that's kind of telling him that you have to kill a portion of yourself in order to kill right. Darth Vader. You have to be able to conquer yourself before you can conquer others. Mm-hmm. And so then after this death and rebirth, there's this revelation that occurs. And in a lot of games, it could be a twist or a big reveal or something like that. And then the hero finally changes. Now, this is the best part about Lord of the Rings. This is where it deviates a little bit because here's the fun part. So the revelation that happens with Frodo is he gets right up to the edge and he decides, you know what? I don't want to throw it in. I'm not going to throw this in anymore. And he puts it on. Yes. And what finally changed him, what was actually Frodo's atonement, which is this next step. He, you have this revelation, you finally change your internal self, and you have this atonement where you have this ability where yep. you change into something else. Here's that's, the fun part. That's where Golem comes in, because Golem forces his hand, literally, literally eats his finger, right? And then takes the ring off of it. And then falls into the fire. And dies, and he inadvertently... Threw the ring in. Yeah, yeah. Golem inadvertently threw the ring in. So the hero's journey for Frodo actually is a huge failure. And that's actually one of the things that can happen mm-hmm. is your hero fails. fails. Doesn't mean he dies, or it could, or she dies. It could that. It could mean that. But in this case, Frodo didn't throw the ring in. Frodo failed. And the only one that knew that is Sam. Sam. And Sam being who Sam is probably never revealed it. Yeah. Frodo did in the book, right? I mean, whatever. Point is. In his memoirs. In his memoirs, right. Right. So for Luke, Luke doesn't kill his father like the emperor wants him to. He spares his father's life, not converting to the dark side. Mm -hmm. And then while the emperor and and, uh, Luke are complaining and yelling at each other, Vader gets up with his last act, picks up the emperor and throws him over. And and, And then the sheer amount of force electricity he did then kills Vader. But Luke didn't actually kill Vader. Exactly. Luke Luke uh, remained true. Vader's last sacrifice of trying to go back to the light side killed Vader, and so, not Luke. And then that's the fun part about, like, I mean, whether you like the first three episodes or not, I'm definitely, I wouldn't even say I'm mixed. But anyway, um, you have Vader's atonement in the sixth movie. And you watched his entire downfall as a hero through the first three movies. Yes. And then what he's become in the last two, you know, in four or five and most six. of six. So, but his atonement for himself is him destroying his master mm-hmm. and saving his son. All right. Then after, after you atone for yourself, you get a gift. And so the gift in Lord of the Rings is kind of fun. The immortality. Gift is, well, the, the immortality is definitely, it. that one's a little weird because it's way at the end. But the gift that he gets is his own life. Mm-hmm. Because the eagles come and save them. Yes. And the other gift they get is that the ring is no longer a threat. A because threat. it's destroyed. Right. So the gift they gave to the world is that the world is now safe, right? Mm-hmm. The gift that Luke gets is, I mean, if you read the books or 
I'm not going to say the other, the next series, um, but if you read the books, Luke becomes a teacher of the Force, and he starts to rebuild the entire way of the Jedi. So the gift he gets is the ability to be, to be a teacher and a trainer. Yes. And then he returns back to his normal world. Well, in this case, Luke doesn't really go back to Tatooine, but he does go back to the normal world of whatever's happening, and he's a changed man. Frodo goes back to the Shire, but the colors just don't... They're not as good as they used to be. Because of the chain that change that you go through, it's difficult for you to go back to your normal life. Right. You go back to the normal world, per se, but you don't go back to normalcy. Yeah. Harry Potter doesn't feel like he belongs in his normal world anymore. He always is at, at back in the wizarding, wizarding world. Right. So even like, so Harry Potter is a great example. So like, if you were to take Harry Potter through this in the first book, for instance... Calder Adventure is the, uh, the normalcy is him living under the stairs in this weird, abusive yep. childhood situation. Then the owls show up with a letter. The family don't want him to meet a mentor, so they start throwing all the owl letters out. This yep. is the first adversity. And then Dumbledore's his mentor. No, hold up. Hold up. First thing is Haggard comes. Yeah. And Haggard's his first, Haggard's his first mentor because he rescues him out of that weird yep. castle. And then helps him cross that threshold. Which is into Diagon Alley. Yep. And then the trials and failures and growth and new skills is the entire, like, potions with Snape and all the classes he has to take. Yes. It's literally 80% of the book. But and then, then his helpers are Ron and Hermione. Yep. And then he finds out that there's – he finds out about Lord Voldemort killing his family. And yep. he finds out that Lord Voldemort wants this Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on what part of the the pond you're on. The UK had a different version yep. and, <laughs> than we did in the, in the US. But then what happens is – um, he knows that if 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 uh, uh, Voldemort was to get that, that he could survive or live again. And so he takes it upon himself, him and his friends, to go and try to stop that. And this is that death and rebirth. You have Ron getting almost killed, but he doesn't know that. He assumes he's dead in the chess match. Mm-hmm. And then there's another spot where only one person can drink the potion to get through. And so Harry does it, expecting to find Snape. He doesn't find Snape. Spoilers. Seriously, if you haven't seen that for you haven't seen that or read the books, that's on you too. It's been twenty years. Um, yep. <laughs> so, spoilers there. He um, then finds Professor Quirrell. Quirrell has Voldemort on the back of his head, who's kind of this weird, like dying half breed thing. And um, the revelation is that he sees the mirror of Erised. The person that wants the stone for good purposes will get the stone. The person that wants the stone for bad purposes will not get the stone. Basically, so. Uh, Harry ends up with the Philosopher's Stone in his pocket. There's a change because Voldemort comes and attacks him. He then, um, you know, puts his hands on him and kills him, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's this. This is this kind of atonement. The atonement could also equal um, a false death again or a real death at the end. And so what happens is everything goes black. Harry wakes up in the hospital. He hands the Philosopher's Stone back to. Uh, yep. The, the gift that he gets is the ability... The gift he gets there is that he stopped Voldemort from uh, manifesting. And then he returns back to the cupboard, cupboard uh, the cupboard under the stairs. And he's too big for it now. And he has power. Yeah. So now he gets a room. Yes. Which is also kind of crazy and so somewhat demented. They have this guest bedroom that they wouldn't let the kid... Anyway, uh-huh. I'm not going to get off on the Harry Potter abuse stuff. But, but... For, for, for an example of atonement where it's your death... Boromir is a great example because he yes. dies and his atonement is his, he's reclaiming his honor. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, so almost everybody has their own little hero's journey. So the cool part about the hero's journey, just to, to go on about it, is you can actually incorporate this, first of all, into your own life where you start looking for opportunities for calls to adventure and mm-hmm. and and uh, that sort of stuff. But in gaming, in gaming terms, you can uh, – the call to adventure is typically called the hook. We'll talk about the hook at another podcast. I'm sure of it. Um, you have mentors. You have these NPCs. And if you don't make your NPCs just throwaway characters with just a name and no real memorability, then you can actually have mentors mm-hmm. helping and guiding your players. Um, the trials and fa- failures are going to be literally most of your storyline. Yep. Um, you can do death and rebirth. You can kill notable NPCs, memorable NPCs, like a Gandalf, right? You can kill your Gandalfs. And watch your players have that same response of, you killed somebody I love, so then we're going to do... You're right, and I've, I've done that to you guys several times in, in the groups, and you guys have always acted uh, ex- ex- back, exactly like I expected you to, meaning bloodlust let's go let's go take some stuff on i mean that is the problem with playing with a bunch of murder hobos in D. Is... yeah you had us almost try to flay a, a flay a goon alive sure but yeah. anyway <laughs> point is um the death and rebirth doesn't necessarily have to be the heroes uh it can be obviously because you can put your heroes into a situation where they are going to die if they don't do something dramatic mm-hmm. um i had a dm drop a mountain on us once and one spell Thank God that the cleric had loaded up, saved us all. Otherwise, we would have died, which is a, a, a valid thing, actually, to do a total party kill if done thematically, yes. in, in my opinion. That's probably something we'll talk about later, too, is oh, how, to do a, how to do right TPKs as well. Yeah, not just because the dice decided to roll against, you know, you know Jeff or something that night. I mean, that's just horrible. So anyway, the point is you can run through the whole thing here, and then at the end, especially if you're telling the whole thing as a play, like in our last podcast that we talked about, the you could literally have them go back to normalcy, and that could be how the whole game wraps itself up. They end up back in the their hometown. Totally changed because they've, quote-unquote, saved the world or whatever you had them save. Mm-hmm. So, And so, you know, if you want more resources on kind of the hero's journey and to kind of see the chart we were looking at, because a lot of times you might need to see it as opposed to just kind of hear it, go to Skull RPG dot com and you can find this episode for episode two podcast for the hero's journey and on that site you'll see um some i'll, I'll link out to some uh, articles and such on it so you can get more of a feel i found some really cool like a little five minute ted talk that i'll put out there for you and i also found one for from dan Harmon if you're a rick and morty fan and uh, kind of how he incorporates that in because the more and more you see this the more and more you can incorporate it into your own game So I think that's it. You guys have a great one. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.